0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts, where we talk everything Georgia Bulldog football recruiting related. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Trent Smallwood and Jed May as we once again come to you talking about the dogs on the trail. And, uh, guys, we got to watch a little bit of high school football this last weekend. So, um, First off, how are both of you guys doing? Because we're we're right to the wire getting on here, getting started tonight. So how are you all doing? And then uh, also, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the high school action we saw this weekend.
1: Yeah, doing great. We finally got to see some of these guys that, you know, we've been covering all summer and, and going back to last year, I guess, in action. A lot of these guys starting their senior seasons. And, um, yeah, it's good to uh, good to get back going and, and see some live action for once. Hey, Absolutely. yeah, Trent,
0: hot, man. Man. I had how's to... everything going, man?
2: I had the opportunity to go watch a college team, uh, Buford. You know, and you um, know, <laughs> honestly, in all honesty, they 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 really they, they kind of look like a Buford uh, like a Buford team, uh, like you're accustomed to. They're you know, big up front, very good at linebacker, and uh, have about thirty seven D one prospects on their team. So,
0: yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, obviously. <laughs> Um, Buford, a, a powerhouse program, year in and year out, they're going to have those type of guys. It doesn't hurt when you got a guy, a running back like Justice Saints move in uh, to to do his thing. And um, he, it wasn't just uh, you know Buford guys. I mean, there's there's a lot of impressive programs impressive performances out there not only class of 2023 but all the way down to class of 2026 with Juju Lewis having his first ever high school start it seems like we've been waiting for him to start since uh, in high school since he was in sixth grade I mean the young man's had 10,000 followers on Instagram forever it seems like and uh and Man, he impressed his first varsity start for Carrollton. Goes out there, goes 18 to 27. I think 256 yard 287 yards, something along those lines. Five touchdown passes. Uh, very impressive. I'm going to be going to watch him take on a, a, another talented quarterback, Cason Wiseman, this upcoming uh, Friday night. Of course, Cason Wiseman teammates with Jamarin Wilcox, who Georgia's keeping in touch with at running back. Um, also, Madden Sanker, who Georgia recruited at one point on that team. So Carrollton versus South Paulton's is going to be a big matchup. But, guys, there was also uh, some big performances by guys like Sammy Brown and Chris Peel, uh, a lot of guys that Georgia's after in multiple classes really showed out Friday night, Jed.
1: Yeah, and you look at um, – you know, Trent mentioned the Buford game. K.J. Bolden had a good game. Um, C.J. Allen had a, I want to say he had 200-something yards and three mm-hmm. or four touchdowns as a running back, not to mention what he did as a linebacker. So that's the thing, you get these guys – in high school, that just you can truly tell these guys—you can tell why they're being recruited by Georgia because they can just dominate so easily on both sides of the ball. Sammy Brown's another one; he plays kind of like a wingback for for Jefferson, who runs the triple option, and he just—he's so much—he's so much better than everybody else. He gets the ball coming around the corner with that mullet, and he's just unstoppable. So
0: um, it's like ads, its like a and, superpower.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw a bunch, and even like you said, Blaine, twenty twenty-six, another guy I was interested to watch this weekend was Tyler Atkinson at Grayson in 2026, uh, projects as an edge at the next level, also played his first varsity games. a physical specimen already, and Grayson plays him as like a 4-3 outside linebacker. So he's flying around the field. He blew up a guy on a kickoff return at one point, and you're like, I'm sure, you know, these people watching Juju Lewis had the same reaction, like this guy's 14, 15 years old, whatever it is. I mean, these there's already a couple 2026 guys that are really starting to stand out, and, and Atkinson and Lewis are just two of them.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Trent, I mean, you know, also, too, guys like Chris Peel, who Georgia's, like I said, is is recruiting as a uh, as a defensive back. But the man had 150 yards receiving from Jaden Davis, another guy they're recruiting in three touchdowns. Chris Peel, I think, is a little bit better athlete than some people are giving him credit for.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and that's one thing that you look back. Uh, Kirby Smart is going to recruit uh, basically athletes at the defensive back position um it, kids that can make plays on balls kids that you know, were were wide receivers in high school you know uh and 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 pills no different than that he's he's a playmaker he can uh he can play either he could probably play either uh offense or defense at the next level george is recruiting him at defensive back but he's a playmaker he's an athlete and uh i think he would fit well in Kirby's defense We got Brett Weimer on here with us So uh, we got a- Bunch of people
0: tuning in. If you're tuning in, go ahead and drop where you're watching from. We always like to call those out, uh, see what, what city, what state, what country. We've had people from across the pond uh, watching the show. So tell us where you're watching from. Put Throw your comments in. We'll be answering those, interacting with you on the YouTube chat there. So appreciate everybody tuning in. This is UGA sports rumors versus facts. We've been talking a little bit about some of the, the high school action has been getting started, but guys really the main story and the lead story is Anthony Evans uh, makes his decision this week. Um, It seems like uh, it's been a Georgia (laughs) and Oklahoma battle for a while over Anthony Evans, the third, a, a very fast wide receiver out of Texas. And, you know, it, it was an Arcan- He was an Arkansas commit at one point. Uh, Georgia got on him early in the spring. He comes out for a visit and decides to decommit and uh, decommit from Arkansas. And really, it's been kind of a Oklahoma Georgia race ever since. Trent Georgia's in the spot right now where they've missed on a lot of skill kids. Just plain and simple, have missed on a lot of skill kids. Anthony Evans, while he's he's a four-star receiver, not you know the the not a, a five-star guy or things of that nature um, in the rankings, but he can fly. Uh, he's a playmaker and somebody that Georgia definitely wants in the program. How how high are the stakes right here for Georgia? You know, going going after a guy like Anthony Evans, considering what's happened in the class before now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it. It is a. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a uh, must get, but I think uh, you know you, when you start missing on these guys, start missing on, keep missing on, keep missing on, then then the uh, then it's gonna it's it's eventually gonna be uh, a struggle. And but Evans is a kid that they've prioritized for several months now, and uh, he, he's been at the top of their priority list. and And I think he is a a guy that um, they 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 of course see the speed. But uh, he, he's not only speed, he's, he's a playmaker, he's a, he's dynamic after the catch, and uh, I think he fits that Todd Munkin offense very well, and, uh, I, and I like where Georgia sits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jed, you know, it seems like, and we're going to get into wide receiver here in a little bit, but it really seems like that, you know, Georgia – has been trying to have to find guys, and then we'll get into negative recruiting and things. But find guys that are going to buy into the system and the philosophy that Georgia has, because quite honestly, I mean, it, it is easy to negative recruit in some ways against Georgia because they're not. You're not going to get the the touches and things like that. The the volume, but maybe the is there the pro development, you know, success George Pickens is having in the pros right now, things, things of that. And Isaiah McKenzie has is, had a tremendous career and is actually going to be a big part of the Buffalo Bills offense this year, one of the better teams in the NFL. And, uh, you know, it just seems like that's the angle Georgia is having to take right now when they're pitching these wide receivers.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a, a um, you know, they've got to look for certain guys because, like you said, you're not going to go – I mean, there's – it's – the easiest lowest hanging negative recruiting fruit there is right georgia's had one 1000 yard receiver in school history how many thousand yard receivers have ohio state alabama oklahoma old schools like that had in the past five years say just since these kids have been in high school so um you need those kids who are committed to the to a to a team concept to um receivers are asked to block a lot of georgia they gotta have kids bought into that and um, and listen, you can't begrudge your kid for saying, "Hey, I want to go to a place and and put up big numbers and and get drafted." That's some kids make that choice, and some kids decide to come to Georgia. But at the end of the day, it's there are certain guys. I mean, look at Yazid Haynes, a lower rank guy that's bought in. Raymond Cottrell um, is is a two hundred and fifty guy, but not as a five star by any means, and that's another guy that's bought in. So. Uh, it's been challenging, but at the end of the day, we've talked about all this hand rigging over recruiting and everything. If Georgia lands Anthony Evans and Tyler Williams to close this class, two guys that they're in very good shape with, this ends up as a pretty good receiver class when you pair those two with Haynes and Cottrell.
0: For sure. Speed is the name of the game and it is what uh, Georgia is trying to load that receiving room with as Trent's point Yazid Haynes is a guy that was ran a, a, a four, three on a laser at a Penn state camp earlier this, this year. And Georgia really uh, got on him after, after that, um, R- Raymond Cottrell's a, a fast receiver in his own right. You know, Anthony Evans, the third, if Georgia's able to add him uh, in there, this is a guy who ran a 10 to seven, uh, in the 100-meter this spring. I mean, that is is picking them up and putting them down. So, obviously, Georgia uh, would love to have him. I think that Brian McClendon and Todd Munkin being two of the guys that really kind of rekindled that recruitment there, it kind of hit a lull period. Nobody was really talking to Anthony Evans much after he committed to Arkansas in November of 2021. And Georgia kind of sparked everything up again when that track time popped up. Uh, so uh, high school kids out there, keep in mind, Georgia schools like that, they're paying attention to these track times. I mean, it, it, it matters to them. Um, so if you're not playing baseball, if you're not doing something in the spring and you're a recruit, hey, run track uh, helps help you out for sure. But or that you. is a that is a. <laughs> yeah well it could it could hurt you if, you know it seems like the a lot of guys are getting hurt track guys there's a lot of talk about that on the vault but um and yeah it could hurt you in terms of having a bad t- uh bad time and things like that too but i think that georgia is very well positioned with anthony evans been saying it for weeks put my, my future cast uh, back in i think on august august 9th so it's just felt for a while um and not, only, and not only talking to him, it seems like he's bought into what Georgia's doing. Now, he says very complimentary things of Oklahoma as well. But when you when you say those things where you're bought into what Georgia's pitching in terms of, uh, you know, he's spouting off basically Kirbyism saying, well, Georgia, if you look at the metrics, they're really as explosive as any team in the country. When a wide receiver says that, that goes ding, ding, ding. He's buying into what they're what they're selling at Georgia there, um, and then also the the Cal Gundy stuff, things like that at Oklahoma. So I, I think they're in good shape for uh, for Anthony Evans at this this point. Um, got the decision coming up on the twenty sixth, so we shall see from there, guys. Uh, before we get into the questions, I did want to talk about one more prospect, and he was on the actual cover right here i'm going to throw the cover back up over there on the right hand side that is one uh, roderick robinson ii uh, he's a running back out of san diego california uh, this is a young man that del mcgee's been in contact with for a while he's went out there and visited um, his school a couple of times during evaluation periods and and you know, I, I spoke to Roderick's father, and he said, Del McGee basically has just been up front with him saying, your son is an SEC back. He's currently committed to UCLA, but he's that big body type guy, and uh, they would love to, to have him on. He went for eight carries, 186 yards, uh, and four touchdowns. So scoring a touchdown on half your carries to open up the season, pretty efficient night, but – Guys, this is a big back that is way more athletic than you would expect when you read off 6'1", 230.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like you, I mean, as, as, much, as appealing as it is to be uh, committed to UCLA with them going to the Big Ten, I'm sure Big big uh, Big Ten country out in San Diego, um, that's a guy that Georgia's really turned up the heat on since they missed on Haynes and Young. And, and like you said, playing they'd been in contact with Robinson before uh, both those guys committed to Alabama, but that's I think with a lot of these guys, the next step is getting them on campus this fall for a visit, possibly an official. And and then you see, um you see where it falls. But anytime Del McGee zeros in on a guy, um, at the very least, Georgia's gonna be one of the top contenders, I feel like. So there's a lot of different ways this running back situation could go. They could get Robinson, T- Tavani Mizel is still considering reclassifying. There's Jamarian Wilcox out there that Georgia hadn't offered yet. Um, Jeremiah Love is out there still as well. So there's still um a lot of, not, I don't know if that uncertainty is the right word, but a lot of ways this running back situation could still sh- still shake out.
0: Absolutely, uh, Trent. I mean, it seems like Branson Robinson, Kendall Milton. There seems to be a trend here uh, that that Del McGee he doesn't mind bringing in bigger backs. He likes these bigger body guys that obviously you have to be, you know, physically able to handle the toll of the SEC. But he likes guys who can catch it out of the backfield, too, and Robinson's shown that he can do that.
2: Yeah, I was able to see Robinson at the Under Armour uh, the game last year and just seeing him catch the ball out of the backfield. He was impressive, and I know that's a big uh, emphasis on what they're trying to recruit is, is you know, I guess bigger type backs, but, you know, can also uh, use that um, them hands out of the backfield. Uh, I guess when you go more towards a spread out offense, you, you tend to think that oh well they're going to go to more scat back, but it's you know in the SEC you got to have that uh, that running back that can pick up that blocker if you need if that if you need to pick it up. I mean you saw James Cook pick up that blocker with Ad Mitchell last year, huge, and, uh, huge, and and that's the I mean a lot of people say well you know Stetson made great, though, a great throw or Ad made a great but the, the play of that I mean the best thing of that play was James Cook picking up that block. So uh, you know you got to have those backs that can pick it up and, uh, and 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 but but again they also like those guys that can catch the ball in the backfield and, and make plays in open space. So um, I think they like a combination of both, and I think they're they they've hit on those. Uh, but the, the depth's getting a little thin uh, with Andrew Paul going down, and uh, you know Kendall Milton having that injury history. So uh, I know Georgia's going to you know try to try to land a couple uh, top tier guys in this class, and I know they missed on a couple
0: so absolutely well we'll get into more running back stuff here in just a minute uh, before we, we're about to turn over to our questions uh, from the from the vault here but before we do wanted to make sure to uh, thank everyone for tuning in also hit that subscribe button it really helps is there's lots of, and there's hundreds and hundreds you know of you guys that, that watch each week that aren't subscribed we got many that, that watch uh, that that are that are subscribed but uh, we there's some that aren't. So hit that subscribe button, and we really appreciate that. Uh, hit a like for us while you're in there as well. That little thumbs up. Both of those are free. It really helps us out a lot. We got a bunch of coverage coming up this year. Coach Don and of course breaking everything down. The watch-alongs on on Saturdays during the games. Uh, a call-in show after the games of course we'll keep doing our stuff on mondays and then uh dane and and uh so paul will have the call-in show and then dane and roddy uh coach don and in the middle of the week so we appreciate all you guys tuning in and now let's go ahead and get to our vault questions here um jed we're gonna start off with the with the running backs here
1: yeah, G Dog 9 hate to say it, but does the Andrew Paul injury move the needle for Haynes or Young? Got to think they're selling more PT for those guys now.
0: I mean, Andrew Paul, uh, a true freshman, comes in, and unfortunately, as Roddy uh, and and Dash were able to, to break the news, um, unfortunately, able to break the news a few nights ago, um, goes down with the ACL, but... Trent, I'm not so sure that that a, that a freshman who will have plenty of time to come back off of that before next year. I don't know how much that impacts uh, the the class of 2023 recruitment. I mean, they may say, "Hey, this guy's going to may take a little bit longer," but I don't know that that's a huge selling point
2: uh, for guys right now. I mean, no, I mean, I, you, you have you you know who you're losing. I mean, you're losing uh, Kenny McIntosh and. uh and you know who who's draft eligible, so you know there, there's going to be carries available. No matter uh, you know the freshman on campus, um, Dajon could leave if he had a, if he had a good year. I mean, you you have all these guys that could could go. But um, again, I I think that's not really a selling point because uh, yeah, he, he, the chances of him being 100 percent healthy at this time next year are not great. And yes, that opens up maybe a few more carries. But I think that uh, there's going to be carries available next you know next fall uh anyways so i think uh selling the possibility of playing time or the good chance of playing time is is there no matter if andrew paul's healthy or not come next fall
0: absolutely absolutely I, i i think that you know georgia and this leads right into this pine tree pine tree one says two running backs this class to your point you know trent You know, you know what you got to replace. Georgia's definitely going to take two, whether that's high school or transfer portal. There's all this reclassification talk. So, running back is still very fluid right now, but they do have Tavani Mizell who committed in the class of 2024. They're looking at Jarrett Gibson in the class of 2024 as well. Um, and those are the the two main targets there, and then of course we've talked about Roger Robinson. So we'll we'll see uh, how things play out, but definitely Pine Tree. You're thinking too. Um, all right, uh, Jeb, we got Scuffletown here.
1: Loyal and true, Scuffletown. Name the ones we might finish with,
0: and name the leaders we are in on for next year. All right, uh, guys, that you feel confident saying Georgia might finish with. I think they're sitting at uh, eighteen uh commits right now so you'd have anthony evans presumably feel pretty good about him tyler williams another guy that georgia seems to be uh in the lead for at the wide receiver position um who do you guys outside of wide receiver i know georgia's got some work to do on the edge they've got some work to do at offensive line maybe another defensive lineman some secondary work um who are some guys that, and we can just kind of banner it about? Who are some guys you feel confident in um, that Georgia could finish with this year? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think I think Georgia likes to sit for um, for Jordan Hall out of Jacksonville, defensive tackle, um, put him up front, and then I don't know. And Trent, what do you think? I think Georgia sits in a really good position with Sam and Pimba. They've just they've been there since. I mean, it was really February or March when Georgia really started emerging, uh, coinciding with the uh, with the hire of Chidiebere Uzo Diribe. He's still got an official to take to Athens this fall. So I think it could be a situation where that official visit to Athens really kind of puts Georgia over the top and he ends up as part of the class as that um that that huge five star centerpiece um on the edge and in the defensive class. What do you think?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's definitely the uh the the top target there and the and the guy that they feel like they have their best chances among those top guys. Um he's definitely kind of the I guess the sole focus and trying to finish off that talented linebacker class. I, I would also go with uh, Chris pill as um, another guy that we talked about earlier. Um, another athlete put out there in the secondary, an already talented secondary class. Um, you know, I think they're going to continue to push for Monroe Fre- Freeling at uh, office line. And uh, let's see. I don't, let's see I, what I guess defense line would be another spot. You said Jordan Hall. I think they'll take another one. Um, you know, I don't. Yeah, D- D- David Hobbs is a
0: guy that they're they're pushing for out of North Carolina. I'm, I'm not. I would put Jordan Hall more in the in the you know lean Georgia club than I would David Hobbs. They're gaining ground on David Hobbs. Uh, he's a guy who's going to visit Georgia a couple times. So in that defensive line, I think on the edge. Uh, You know, like you've alluded to, Jed, that that, they like Impimba a good bit, Damon Wilson, two guys. Those are the two main guys they're pushing for there. And I think Chris Peel is a guy that you could uh, very realistically, I've got a a future cast in for him to Georgia. In fact, I feel like uh, Fran Brown with his connection to him back from his time at Rutgers has a strong connection there with uh, Chris Peel and Georgia has, mm-hmm. has stayed steady in the recruitment of him. They got to fight off uh, NC state and Michigan are kind of the, the, the other two there that are, that are in that one as well. So we'll see, see what happens there. Michigan kind of interesting there because Jaden Davis is also being recruited hard by Michigan, who is uh, Chris Peel's teammate. And uh, everybody is going to be clamoring to know that class of twenty twenty four situation as well. Nobody else, Scuffletown though, is kind of em- uh, imminent right now in the class of twenty twenty four. A lot of those guys are kind of waiting, waiting their turn, uh, things of that nature. But um, you know, it, quarterback would ideally be the if you were Georgia in that class would be the next domino. But I think Jaden Davis is going to take his time, and it seems like Julian Sayan is starting to push things out a little bit further than we uh, anticipated. Jed, you know, there was rumors that he could uh, come out and, and uh, make a pick one way or another in, in August and doesn't look like that's going to happen now, uh, probably going to take some visits. So those are some guys that, that you could probably see Georgia finish out with. Um, but Speedy Dog has a question here, and I'll, I'll pose this one to you guys. Who are the real possibilities of running back and wide receiver in the 2023 class. So, let's let's start there. We've talked about running back. We've talked about Roderick Robinson. Who else do you guys feel are real possibilities for Georgia at running back in the class of 2023?
1: I mean, I think Jamaria Wilcox is a real possibility. It's just, obviously, they haven't offered yet. But, I mean, he had – I forget what his – he had a huge um, first game of his senior year this past weekend as well as South Paulding beat Harrison. So, um, that's the guy you look at. Uh, you know, he visited Athens multiple times this spring, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jordan's been recruiting him, and um, and then you look at Jeremiah Love out of St. Louis, and he's a guy that Jordan's been in contact with, and you're kind of seeing how things go. That's another guy that they might need to get on campus and, and have things develop from there, but you look at those three guys are kind of circled right now, and then outside of that, you look at maybe a flip candidate from somewhere or maybe a guy kind of like Andrew Paul. At this time last year, no one had any idea who Andrew Paul was, and then he blows up in the playoffs, and, um, Georgia swoops in and grabs him on signing day. So I think that might be something people need to keep a lookout for is guys that just have a huge senior year. And Georgia goes after him either in December for the early signing period or going into January and February for the late uh, the regular signing period.
0: And we've talked for a long time about Jamar and Wilcox, uh, Jed, and I'm going to go see him Friday night. So we'll see all the hype is all about. Uh, I didn't I didn't check into their box score, but somebody on the vault uh, posted that he went over 200 yards uh, this past Friday. So it seems like he's already starting off that senior year with a bang. Wide receiver in the class of 2023. We've already talked about, okay, you got Yazid Haynes. Uh, you got Raymond Cottrell there that, that you're going after. Anthony Evans. We've we've covered that. Seems like you know, you would put that one. Uh maybe let's let's go ahead and and err on the positive side for Georgia and say Anthony Evans is part of the class. Tyler Williams feels like another guy. Trent, is there anybody else realistically that you'd see being in the class at wide receiver for Georgia?
2: You know, I mean when when you I mean, realistically, they've been in the mix for Jalen Hill for for a while. They've been in the mix for Hakeem Williams for a while. Um, If you're looking, does Georgia lead at this point for either one of them? I don't – I'm not sure. I don't think so. But, again, they've yet to play football yet. They've yet to play football on Saturdays. And and I think uh, with that coming up in the next couple weeks, you're going to see some stuff change over the next, you know, 10 to 12 weeks uh, with 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 – recruiting and 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 favorites to land you know this kid or that kid maybe some decommitments and um yeah a lot's gonna change from here to now so so i don't know you know that another another wide receiver could pop up i, I think there's uh i, I know Jalen hale loved his visit but i know the arch manning situation i know the alabama's in the mix uh you know I, th- there's several other uh, teams in the mix for Hakeem williams you know texas a&m and uh, among others um you know, I, I think I think there's a there's a chance they land them, a realistic chance they land them, uh, because you know who's you know who's recruiting for Georgia. You got McClendon, you got Kirby, you got that Clint. But um, I, I think you're gonna see a lot change over the next ten or twelve weeks, and and that board will come. Uh, you you're starting to see some movement there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are the guys that we kind of see so far right now, running back wide receiver realistically. And the second part of that question was also, is the NIL the real reason we seem to have so many uh, recruits fading away from UGA to other schools? Absolutely. NIL has a huge deal to do with this. And straight up, Georgia has a different philosophy and how they're going to go about this. Okay, it's all it's all collective based. It's all that that kind of stuff because coaches, uh, as Lane Kiffin has said, coach coaches should be able to <laughs> to be the ones that say, "Hey, here's how much you're gonna get paid." But technically, by the rule, they cannot. So, uh, you know, whether all that's happening here, one here, there, wherever, who knows? But I will say this: there's numbers out there that are being thrown around monthly numbers that. Georgia's collective, Georgia's booster, things like that, they, they're not going to go around right now. Um, a lot of that has to do with team chemistry type stuff from, you know, guys who've been there for two, three, four years that don't have any deals, Trent. So how can you pay an incoming guy who hasn't played it down a football a certain amount of money? So there's a roster chemistry balance type deal here that's going on. But, uh, you know, plain and simple, I think NIL does have a big reason why Georgia's lost out on a lot of their guys that they've wanted this cycle.
2: It does. And I think it's going to, uh, the NIL is going to be a big reason for an influx in the transfer portal as well. Uh, because, I mean, number one, are you going to be forced to play these guys because they're making a certain amount of money? Um, I've talked to several people over the past week that think, you know, uh, that Kirby in, in particular is going about it the right way because you got this collective, you got this thing. Yes. You can you can pay these guys. You can get them, and I'm uh, nobody's against paying these these college kids. But buying them is a different thing. And when you're buying them, and you got a kid making this amount of money, just like you do in the major leagues or the NFL, you're, you feel like you're forced to play these guys. I mean, they're making the big money for your team. You feel like you're forced to play them. Hey, but then, and then what happens? I when, saw what happens. I saw when, coaches. What, when they don't play and they're collecting all this money, then you're going to start seeing the portal. Or, or if they do play and they're collecting this money and they ain't very good, you're going to start seeing other guys jump ship.
0: I saw a video of uh, Nick Saban speaking at the National Coaches uh, Conference, Coaches Association deal a couple years ago – or a few – several years ago. Actually, he was still the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. This is before Alabama – Uh, and I saw it the other day on social media, and he he said that the owner of the Miami Dolphins called him up and said, all right, I'm about to pay this player a $10 million signing bonus. Do you think he's worth it? Nick Saban said, I don't think any of them are, are worth it. He said, but if you pay that man that money, he will be our starting right corner. So, like, that's how it goes in the NFL. You're exactly right. I mean, if there's an investment made, and the boosters are the one controlling that investment. At a certain point, Jed, you know, where does the line get blurred of a booster reaching out to coach and say, okay, we've paid to see this guy um, play. You better play him. Oh, wait, that happened this past week with Quinn Ewers <laughs> in Texas. Like, I mean, that, that situation was was crazy. So, yeah. I think Georgia's playing more of a long game with how they're doing the NIL. And they may miss out on some, some guys who are more NIL-centric to start off with, Jed.
1: Yeah, well, it goes back to what we were saying about uh, Kirby and the receivers. What he and the staff prioritizes so much in these recruitments is guys who are bought in, who are fit the Georgia way, whatever. And, and every program has their own, um, you know, the Texas A&M way, the Clemson way, whatever. But Kirby just seems to be very unflinching in terms of this NIL thing, and he's not going to compromise guys that he doesn't think are our fits necessarily, or he's not going to use NIL to, um, you know, just throw it at these kids. So like you said, it, it's going to make you lose on some kids, but you know, three years down the line, we might look and say, okay, look at all these guys that Texas A&M had leave via the portal or Miami, or, or, you know, Nico Yamalieva going to Tennessee and get that NIL money. Didn't work out too great stuff like that. So nobody really knows how it's going to work out at this point. Um, Texas A&M could win the next three national championships for all we know, and then all the money's worth it. So, um but yeah, like you said, right now Georgia's collective and their philosophy is in it for the long game, and um you know we're gonna see how it works out.
0: absolutely it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fascinating to see if we could look forward three, four years from now and just see first of all, where all the coaches are at because you know there's gonna be chaos and then the coaches are gonna be moving around with all this. and then think about that. now when coaches move around, okay, they're gonna know the Nil secrets. <laughs> <laughs> the nil going on of where these where they were at before and things like that. Absolutely, so many layers to this. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. But is um, is
2: there secrets though? I think I think can you beat the sum? Uh, I mean, I, I mean there is there is probably some secrets along the way of how it's handled. But again, who who's willing to do this amount or that amount or you know what it is? And uh, there's several teams, obviously, that are willing to do it. No doubt.
0: It's uh, it, it's the Wild West right now and, and in a, to a certain extent. All right, Jed, we got one from Johnny Football.
1: Johnny Football. I like it. Who is the recruit no one is talking about that will be in the class come December or February? Arch?
0: <laughs> in yeah, the show in the show right now uh, that was that was you can send your tweets to at Trent Smallwood. Uh, i mean oh my goodness like that uh, let's not even open that up uh again but you know, I think some people with a little bit over months from his commitment, I think Jalen Hill's a guy that, that people need to look a little bit harder at with Georgia. I think Georgia's in a little bit better shape. I'm not saying he's going to end up at Georgia, but, hey, uh, you know, they, they've got a really good shot with him, I believe. I, I think some people think it's a foregone conclusion, but they're going to keep, keep going after him. I mean, you know, is – is the, the quarterback walk on, uh, the, the preferred walk on? Uh, for, I, th- I believe he's from from Florida, isn't it? Will, will, uh, Pritchard, uh, Pritchard or Prykert, yeah, that that uh, contacted Georgia himself. He's a three star that has offers from heck, he has an offer from Florida. And he contacted Georgia and said, Hey, I'd like to walk on, be a member of a team as a preferred walk on. So who knows? He may end up signing on the dotted line, Georgia. Uh, Georgia has some some guys that they're eyeing. You know, we we've listed them on the vault. So if you're not a member on the vault, you need to get over there and look. But uh, there's there's a whole number of quarterbacks that Georgia may go after and try to flip late in this one as well. Because even though Georgia's very confident in their room, guys um, at quarterback, you never know if two of those guys are going to get to this spring and say, "All right, I'm out of here." You know, we'll, we'll see you later. So you always have to have that depth that you build at the quarterback. Uh, position and who knows maybe georgia tries to
2: flip one of those guys late i also think you might see some uh if you see any movement in that quarterback depth chart over the 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 fall uh it might cause some um you know some some more december-ish or january uh transfers because uh, i mean as it sits right now it's in the order of basically from you know senior uh all the way down to freshman is the depth chart order but if you see some movement in that depth chart or somebody starts getting some second team reps over somebody else um you might see some movement there and you might see georgia you know try to push more for a quarterback late because because of that movement yeah it you know people there's been some rumblings out there that, that uh
0: Rob Vandergriff had a tremendous uh, scrimmage. That, that second scrimmage did did really well, you know, had had some some uh, some nice throws. So, like you said, if he if he were to jump a Carson Beck, who knows what what happens there, things like that. So I'm um, gonna be gonna be very interesting for sure. Jed, anybody else that comes to mind that maybe people aren't talking about that, that could end up as part of the class? And if you say Jamar and Wilcox, everybody's gonna hate us because we've we've mentioned that too much. So uh, anybody, anybody besides Jamari and Wilcox. Yeah, we talk about Jamarian
1: Wilcox so much, he's ineligible for this category. Um, I, I wonder how things shake up on the offensive line because there's a lot of uncertainty there. You wonder, one, do they somehow make a late charge for either the five stars, Oak Lola or Shanahan? They obviously were in a great position for Shanahan at one point, now he's swinging Texas A&M. Just George, get back in it with him. Who knows? And then you look at a guy like, um, like maybe a Chase Pasantis who was interested in Georgia, committed to Texas AM. Does Georgia pursue him hard with the Fran Brown connection and, and go after a possible flip there? Maybe. Um that's like that's a position I'm I'm so fascinated to see how it shakes out because KJ Smith and Joshua Miller are locked in. Bo Hewley, there was all the flip rumblings a couple weeks ago. That's died down, but um still hasn't obviously signed yet. So Monroe Freeling's still out there. So offensive line is one I'm kind of curious to see how it shakes out
0: uh jeff fulford on youtube says guys you had mentioned that before that not all recruits are driven by nil before we paint the picture georgia won't have a top five class it appears that uh, nil hunters may indeed be chemistry killers oh i i agree no and no one no one on this group is saying uh that georgia is not going to have a top five class they're absolutely going to have a, a a top five class i would predict but it's just going to be more of a you know some of the parts than it is a totally top heavy, but I do think they'll get, I think they're in good shape with uh, Samuel and Pimba. Like we said, that's a guy who's uh, at one point was ranked as high as number three prospect in the country. So there, there's some guys and, and they could flip some guys late, but I do think that uh, at least early on who knows maybe at the end the NIL swings a little bit different towards the towards the end but early on that NIL if that's the main number one thing and that's what somebody cares about the most they met that may not be uh, where they end up uh, in terms of Athens I don't know and
2: and I people got to understand that it's not always the kid that's going to be uh, the issue I, I, the kid's not always driving the NIL, in a NIL process I mean he's got people around him that are sometimes driving that process that uh, it doesn't mean that kid's going to be a cancer to that team that he goes to um, but you got to understand that it's that we're dealing with 17 18 year old kids and and not all the time is is that kid the one that's driving this uh, uh NIL process so uh it, Yeah there's it, handlers
0: out there there's trainers there's mommy yep. and mama and daddies and
2: so just because a, aunts, I mean, just because a kid uh, might be receiving a certain amount of su- uh, certain amount of money doesn't mean that kid's going to be a chemistry killer um, because it might be somebody else driving that boat.
0: Rock C eighty two Jed has something for us here.
1: Yeah, he says, "What is negative recruiting? Explain how anyone can negatively recruit the reigning national champions."
2: Uh, I mean, you can negatively recruit in several ways. You can negatively recruit that Georgia's. Uh, you know they did have uh, explosive plays, but they didn't really have explosive numbers at the receiver position. Um, uh, you, you know, you, every, everybody's looking at numbers. Uh, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people are looking at stats. You you turn on the uh, the TV and you watch game or the, the you know game day after the thing, and now they're they're looking at oh so and so had this amount of yards, and then. Uh, but these recruits are they're also looking at stats and these other teams are you know preaching oh well, you can be a thousand yard receiver here and uh georgia hadn't had a thousand yard receiver in ten years or however many years so um uh, i mean that's one one specific thing i don't know if you can negatively recruit georgia's defense as much because of what they've done but i know you can you you can uh definitely negatively re- recruit the offense and we've heard of that happening
1: yeah i don't think yeah and it's, oh it's, go it's, ahead it's, it's just a thing it's not the question is how can you negatively recruit the defending national champions? I don't think people are recruit- negatively recruiting necessarily the program. It's like you said, Trent, it's individual positions. It's okay. at Receiver. They don't get stats. If you're talking about running backs, Georgia rotates their running back. So much. come here and be the guy and get 25, 30 carries a game. Um, tied in. There's so much depth there. Why would you want to go there? Same thing. you come here and, and be the guy. Um, Defense, I mean, even defensive line. Hey, do you want to go with Georgia and rotate so much or do you want to be here and, and play so much? So it it just depends on the kids and the school and what the other school has to offer and things. But as far as the program as a whole, right, that there's there are a few programs in as good a shape as Georgia is. But when you narrow it down and look at each individual position group, then you start kind of finding those things that other schools can nitpick and negative recruit on.
0: Yeah. And, and people, you know, kind of like they've done with Alabama for, you know, the last decade, they're trying to make Georgia a victim of their own success. They're trying to say, yeah, you can go over there be part of a juggernaut, but how long is it going to take you to to get on the field or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, how's your brand going to suffer by, you know, not getting these NIL opportunities because you're not getting, putting up these numbers like Trent Uh, alluded to things of that nature so now now there's different terms being thrown around when it comes to branding and it comes to uh you know you know gathering a following all this kind of stuff however it is interesting to me when we listen to these press conferences right and Kirby Smart the other day was literally talking about Freshmen and how many freshman receivers have really stepped up and helped Georgia over the last few years, you know, calling out A.D. Mitchell, calling out Ladd McConkey, uh talking about Dylan Bell and how he's doing this year, saying they're really looking forward to getting to Nylon Morris set back from injury, things like that. That's strategic, guys. There's not a word that comes out of Kirby's mouth that isn't doesn't have some kind of strategy behind it when it comes to, like that. And and the strategy may be just to excoriate a reporter that ask him a dumb question. You know, that may be the the strategy there on it. But uh, but hey, there's they always have something behind them. Uh the boy racer says, Who do we have a better chance at getting in pimba or Damon Wilson? Uh we can go rapid fire on this one. I'm gonna say in Pimba.
1: Yeah, me too. In Yeah, I'll say the same.
0: Absolutely, and then let's go to uh, F. McCrary, Jr. If Tovani Mizell reclassified, uh, where would he rank in the 2023 overall class rankings among running backs? Um, so you've got Reuben Owens. You've got Justice Haynes up there. you got Richard Young. Um, I think after that, you know, there's there's a good amount of separation and there's they're kind of guys that are all over the place but when you look at the numbers that tovani mazel put up at the rivals camp guys a four three o forty that he recorded uh on a laser at the rivals camp uh that's that's like shockingly fast going to be a, a junior in high school so um you know i think he'd rank pretty high if you're going by the by the metrics because that's you know typically how it goes the game Playing the games, part of it, but Trent, you're you've been around this ranking deal longer than most of us. So, uh, what what's your opinion on Tavani Mazel if he were to reclassify?
2: Yeah, I mean he's ranked number five in the in the uh, 2004 uh, 2024 14. That's a long time ago. 2024 class, and um, <laughs> I think you would see him probably around that same area uh, at at the five because I think he. he he will likely be bumped up if, if he stays in the 2024 class because of his numbers. But with the 2023 class, I think you got, you're really top heavy at the position, like you mentioned. Um, and then it, it falls off a little bit. So I think he would be somewhere around five, six, maybe. Um, it could creep up to that, uh, you know, four area. But I think he'd be somewhere in the four to six, uh, as far as running backs are considered. I, I, I guess that would be top 100, uh, I haven't looked at the rankings, but I, I would say four to six is somewhere in the top 100, uh, 70 to 80 range.
0: Yeah, solid, solid right
2: there. Uh,
0: uh, My man Dusty Black here, our coach for Dusty at Fly, Flyer Branch. So, Dusty, I hope you're, hope you're doing well, man. He says, hope everything's been going for me and my family. It has. I appreciate it, Dusty. Good to have you on here, man. And where do you see Sammy Brown ending up? So, Jed, if you had to call it today. Uh, where would the Jefferson dragon end up being Had 205 rushing yards to start off the season and a barn burner lost to Alpharetta is Georgia, Georgia right in the thick of it there for Sammy Brown.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think you look at Georgia Clemson and Tennessee as like the three uh, front runners. I mean, I know he loves, he loves Georgia. He loves Glenn Schumann. He loves what Georgia does with our linebackers. Um, I mean, honestly, I think I think those three – I mean, it's such a cop-out answer, but I think all three of those are um, are right there together, man. I know he's not – he's planning to take official visits next summer. I figured those three are probably guaranteed to get those official visits, and I think this is a recruitment that's not going to be decided at all until next summer. Georgia certainly is one of the favorites. I'd, like I said, I'd put him in the top three. Um, ultimately, I think he probably ends up in one of those three schools, but there's still, still so far – uh, to go for Sammy Brown. It's hard to say.
0: Yeah, I, I think, too, another uh, – yeah, there's there's three other SEC teams that I think will get a look, a, a strong look by Sammy Brown. I think South Carolina uh, could get a good look from him. They were one of the first teams to offer him. Ole Miss, he's been out there a couple of times, even Auburn. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, all those those – uh, teams but uh trent john hicks on youtube has a question for you man he said uh when you spoke to justice the other night did you feel that we georgia were still in here what's it going to take to flip him
2: i mean i and don't know can't he, say what we said in our group chat <laughs> he uh, uh, of course he he still has that relationship with Dell, and I, he, you know he talked about offer from ohio state and he he talked about um alabama and you know he he pretty much said that he was locked in Alabama right now, but he was still praying about it and 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 going over his options. And he's right now he's not planning any other visits, but it, it uh, he didn't rule out the possibility of it happening. And I think the relationship with Georgia uh, and, and Del McGee uh, particularly um, is big here. I I, I I wouldn't predict a flip. I think he's he's a player that uh, uh, you know didn't just make a decision. And he he really thought this decision through, and um, but. I'm not going to roll it out, uh, but I, I would I would not predict that right now.
0: We're in a we're in a time crunch here, boys. My computer just said running low on juice. I okay, got this thing plugged up, but uh, guys, um, now that that's that's going to do it for us here tonight. Anyways, we've we've uh, hit all the bases, so we appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, started a little bit earlier tonight, so if you didn't catch it. Go back and uh, see see everything from the beginning. Covered a lot of ground. Anthony Evans' decision, some big high school performances. Subscribe. Turn on those notifications. Um, and we really appreciate you guys, man. I'm in a, I'm in all kinds of stuff here because I got a, a text box that won't let me click on thing to get out of here. So we're trying to close this thing up before the computer dies. But uh, guys, appreciate you tuning in. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications. We'll catch you next time on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. <laughs>